Hi. Hi. It's Maggie and Kat and we're trying out our first podcast. Um, we're calling it Tree of Life. Um, COVID-19 came, the pandemic impacted, affected quite a lot of people, everyone I would say. Yeah. But for us, um, we're going to talk about how it's affected us. And sadly for us last year, we suddenly lost my mum um, and then my big sister um, couldn't live without my mum, so sadly she took her own life. And we also lost our, one of our beautiful cats at the beginning of that. Um, so for us, we're gonna. it's just a lot of feelings, emotions, and how in general um, life has been for us. And we'll take it from there eh? um, each week. We're just going to speak about some of the things. So really our first things about how has COVID-19, the pandemic, impacted, affected your life? So starting off, uh, I'm a university student currently. I'm in my fourth year, so it's my final year, and I study psychology. Um, I was in third year at the time when the pandemic first hit and basically um, our university shut um, just like everybody else whether they have whether they're students or working um, everything sort of just shut and closed down um, it didn't stop me necessarily with my work my university work because for me my exams didn't get cancelled. I still had to do coursework and still had to do following exams. Um, but from that, I haven't been uh, on my university campus for over a year now. So for me, my university is probably the biggest part of my life at the minute that it has massively affected. Um, but also, I can also say that that's not true because it's definitely affected um, the family portion massively, as already not having, explained. Uh, not having your nana, who was so important in your life, eh? Yes, and especially and losing um, our cat, first of all. That was also when the pandemic first hit too. At that point, um, we were told not to shake people's hands and that was the only guideline we'd been given by the government at that point and then a couple of days later to a week later we were hit with a lockdown so for that part that's been um quite a big impact and just in case anybody doesn't know but we had two rapper cats called biggie and tupac biggie after big the notorious big and tupac shakir um two rappers Big American rappers from NYC. Yes. Um, sadly, Tupac um, died unexpectedly suddenly in 2019 um, in July. And that really upset us. And sadly, in 2020, when the pandemic came, um, our little biggie boy um, turned ill, probably without having his brother. And we had, sadly, he his life ended. So in that time period, it was not even a, a full year and we had to deal with that. And then, like you mentioned, with Nanny, that was only a couple of months later. And then with um, your sister, that was even a matter of weeks, to be fair. Um, or to maybe two months. Yeah. So there's that portion is probably 
what I would probably say is the biggest impact of all. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's um, definitely been finding my mum. Um, my mum had a fall. Uh, she went to hospital. They told me she had a bleed in the brain. They um, they told me she was going to be okay. Um, she came back out after a couple of days. Then about 10 days later, um, she had what I thought was like a stroke and took her back into A&E. She was kept in for eight days. She had a second bleed in the brain. They did all these tests, told me she was going to be fine. Less than seven weeks later, I found my mum dead. I had to break into her house. Normally, I have the, the keys to her front and back door and I use the back door. For me, it was like my world totally collapsed. Um, my husband, I had to call my husband and help to, for him to come up because she wasn't answering her door and I couldn't get in. Um, for us, uh, once my mum, this was during COVID, um, I just couldn't believe it. Um, my whole world just, oh, it's like so hard to explain really. And then after my mum was buried, two weeks after that, we find out, I got a phone call to tell me my sister had taken her own life. Um, didn't get a chance to really grieve my mum. And so, you know, we go from one minute, just your life, you're just totally broken. Just can't, I, just can't take in what the hell's going on here. And then for me, it was steamrolled with my sister. So my world had collapsed and then heard about her. So the COVID-19, I, I know everybody's gone through something and I've lost so many people, but we have had to deal with so much in such a short time and life's never, for me, is never going to be the same again. Because of course the start of the pandemic for everybody was quite scary because we were really unsure about the virus at first and we don't have the same information, didn't have the same information about it as we do now. We have vaccinations now and people are, you know, getting vaccinated and um, just we, we have a better understanding of the virus than what it was back then. So it was really scary because really we're trying to keep everybody safe and really keep our distance and um, and then trying to keep people safe and then things like what we've had to deal with have happened. Yeah. yeah, we followed Boris Johnson's rules to the to the T, eh? Um, have to be honest with you, you know, he told us not to go near your mothers if you wanted to save them um, on Mother's Day, don't go near them. So, you know, for me and for my husband with his parents, um, we did this food shop together it was supermarket sweet. I believe me running around with two trolleys trying to do our own food shop. Um, him with his parents, me with my mum, and our own food shop. Um, trying to go around that supermarket, just the one. Um, you know, just trying to get the food in and leaving it at their door and trying to. And it was phone calls, um, video chat things on our phone, um, and just so that because both our say like both our parents were. Um, in that category of higher risk, mm -hmm. yeah. we didn't want we we wanted to do everything by the book, basically, you know. So the Mother's Day gifts went that week when my mum got her food shop. It was left on the doorstep. I'd go back and stand at her gate and speak with her. But of course, for me, when she had that fall, um, when she had a fall, I had to go up each day thereafter. Um, and I had Molly maids on and a scarf right up to my eyes, but still they told us not to cuddle them, you know, be too close to them, because at the end of the day I was trying to save my mum's life. Um, and for us, ironically, um, trying to save her life, she died anyway. And we're having to deal with that. 
still yes definitely and of course whilst we're still in a in our third lockdown where it's it doesn't we don't really get even a chance to try and escape our thoughts and our feelings about it all because we're stuck inside we're yeah. stuck indoors we don't Can't get to do all do your, the, the normal, normal things. things that people would do you're right part of my life with my husband etc was traveling going to gigs going away for the day um you know we'd go walk walks whatever in scotland and we'd stop have our lunch first and go to various places that was all what we loved um for cat i mean you know she can hardly see her boyfriend because of how covid's been and the you know all the laws that have been put into place not even her and, and her friends everything's got to sort of be done i've described over the phone or as, that, eh? i've described or having you know, uh, being in a relationship and having friendships it's like being in long distance with everybody because mm, you're not really getting to see them at all you see them over facetime so it's it's very, really difficult for us we had such a massive loss with losing my mum she was my best friend she was my rock chick she was everything she went to the rock gigs with me my husband goes to other bands indie bands punk bands with me i've been to lots of gigs with my daughters um both my daughters, Kat and mother daughter Kim, um, so but my mum, um, has just been absolutely terrible. I've, I can't come to terms with it. Um, I don't think I'll ever, and my sister to know that you know we, I will never see her again. Well, maybe, I hope one day when my life's over, um, that I will see them again. That if there is such a thing, you know, who knows, um, but what. One thing came out of it, sadly. It is a sad thing, though, um, at the same time. Yeah. We gained one of my sister's dogs to look after. Um, our daughter couldn't look after. My sister had two palms, and sadly, um, our daughter already had a dog, so she couldn't t- look after both. So we have taken on one of my sister's dogs. His name's Harris, and he is a lovely little spirited dog, I would say. Um, definitely different to Biggie and Tuesday, and they will never be replaced or forgotten, but Harris is definitely a member of her family. Absolutely. You know, we had the cats for 10 years of our life, and when Tuesday passed, it was really tragic. It was really awful. Um, it was a heartbreak that mm. we will never forget. But we still had Biggie, and we still and had he him. Us. He We needed him, he needed us. And when he passed, there was what we both described as an emptiness, Definitely. a loneliness, a, a lack of a presence yep. in the house. Not and hearing those pitter-patter paws going up and down our hall. Um, so yeah. for six months, we didn't have that. And then we gained Harris, who they is different. Tragedy. He is different to Biggie and Toosie, very different. But at the same time, there's a lot of similarities between them both. And in a really dark and sad time, um, he does bring a joy. It's nice yeah. to have that, although the circumstances are sad, he is, uh, like you say, just a really happy, joyful soul. And I'm he's a wee sweetheart. very glad to have him. Oh, definitely. Yes, he's a lovely wee baba. Um, we're just quickly going to say, my mum, we named this The Tree of Life, and it's a book I made for her as I do scrap scrapbooks, junk journals, etc. And I made my mum while she was alive a, a scrapbook called Tree of Life. And it was to do with everything, to do with 
who she is, what she stood for, really. And Considering Tree was a nickname of yeah, hers as well. Yeah, well, that's right. My mum's name was Teresa, and she got nicknamed Tree. So Tree of Life really was my mum. Um, all those branches going out, my mum had... Um, she was just a wonderful person. So we've said T stands for talented. That was my mum. R, rock check. My rock check. E for energetic, by God, could this woman dance? Yes, she had more energy than me and at me. her age. <laughs> <laughs> um, e for excited, because she was very excited about a lot of things. If she got on holiday or was going somewhere, meeting my friends, she was, she was just one of those people, very happy. Um, the O, tree off. So the O was one in a million. That's who my mum was. Guns and roses, you're one in a million, babe. And F was full of life. The L is loving and lovely. I in, for intelligent, as she really was intelligent. Very clever. Yep. F for funny. And the E for encouragement, because she encouraged every single one of us and thought the world of us all. But she would encourage you with everything, whether it was a job, just cat with her studying. Um, just she was just full of encouragement and she yeah. always complimented everybody yeah she never had a bad word to say about yeah. anybody she was always out there to make people feel better she would just randomly talk to somebody just to hopefully brighten their day or she would she was just very a lovely lovely person yeah she'd go out of her way to actually like if she thought somebody looked sad on a till when we were in a shop the days before the pandemic came my mum would actually say it in a nice way instead of saying are you grumpy why are you <laughs> grumpy my mum would say oh has it been a long shift or blah 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 and she'd get that person smiling and laughing and then the next time we went into that shop that person would rec remember her and it'd be hello hello and they would start chatting that's how it was um we're going to go on to, just quickly, because this is just the first um, sort of podcast, we're going to go on to how do you feel. So we've done how did Covid impact you, uh, affect your life, and we're going to say, like now, how, with what your loss or whatever, how it's affected you, how is it that you're feeling? How does it make you feel? Um, That's a really hard question. Um, The only way I can describe it is complicated. Um, some days I think very, not positively, but I think when I get up in the morning that I can actually deal with the day, um, which is very different to maybe even a year before, um, thinking about that I can, if I get up in the morning that a good day is a day that I think that I can push through it. Um, so complicated in that sense um, that I have that's the positive side is that and but also it's just very real it's really really hard it's really really it's really really tough Um, everything's I feel sad it's scary uh, it's really it's really hard to for me at least to justify how I'm feeling I think maybe the best way to describe how I feel at the minute is just complete and utter stress. Um, but I'm Understandable. Hoping, I'm hoping that when when I finish university in the next couple of months, um, I can start to maybe see the brighter side of things and hopefully deal with everything that's happened in the past year and live my life. Um, 
but it's at the minute it's much easier said than done. Yeah, defo. Um, for me, I've had every emotion. Um, obviously, finding my mum, right? getting told about my sister, going out there, waiting six and a half hours on them, bringing her out in a bloody trolley, covered, obviously, because I wasn't allowed to go into her house and see her, but I went and saw both my mum and my sister, obviously, at two different times um, in the funeral parlour. They didn't want me seeing my mum either uh, in there, and they didn't definitely didn't want me seeing my sister because of the length of time that she'd been both, both, um, both had a post mortem done on them. So obviously with COVID, it's a kind of waiting game. They didn't have COVID, but people come in front of you, you know, um, before they can do all these tests and whatever. But on them to find out, you know, how if what what they've died of, etc., etc., and whatever. So for me, I've cov I've had every emotion and still gone through it, and it's sadness, pain must be the worst. Um, with my mum, I'm totally heartbroken finding her screaming inside and couldn't believe it. And Pauline, my sister, was like a steamroller had gone over me. I didn't get time to deal with my mum in order to have time with Pauline to for hopefully me and her that we could have maybe helped each other is what I believe anyway could have happened but I didn't get that chance because at the time when my mum died I had so much to cope with I was a next of kin had to deal with the funeral everything every business type part um, so for me I felt broken um, I felt lonely I've actually felt so empty um, I had fear I had fear that that's, this could happen if it happened to my mum then it could happen to anyone else because what she died of was nothing to do with her falls so this is something that we still can't come to terms with we don't get it, we don't understand what what they've said she's died of we don't understand it um, I was numb, I've been numb I felt sick then the anger, anger angry at everybody, everything um, the heart I felt inside as well that she was no longer here why my mum why why so of course my mum is a religious woman and then you get people who are trying to help you but the ones that are religious I have to be honest and I don't want to sound horrible here but they tell you oh God needed your mum it was your mum's time no it wasn't I need my mum I'm 52 I need my mum she shouldn't have been taken from me and I believe she should still be here and I think that's one of the hardest things as well that you've had to deal with is the it was a sudden what, death. Eh? What people have had have said, um, you know, if it's if it's like oh you'll get over it and move on, it, those aren't it's necessarily words of encouragement when people definitely deal with grief very differently. Mm -hmm. And obviously, in your case, it's been. It's it's been tragic. So hearing these hearing people saying these things um, doesn't make you feel better. No, if my mum had been lying in hospital and and had cancer, I, I'm not going to say this would make it easier. But it's maybe doped up on morphine, and someone said, "Oh, she's out of pain," because I've had that said to me so many times. I just don't get it. She wasn't in pain when my mum was found suddenly. Her bleeds in the brain had disappeared, vanished. So she wasn't in pain. So I don't I don't understand that. They mean well, but it doesn't work. You just get angry with it. Um, and Pauline, well, that's just another big, big, massive thing that, you know, t taking your own life, um, it's something that we will speak about in another ep 
you know, our, another podcast day, eh? yes. due to the fact that my mum my mum died she couldn't live without her that's what's been said and that's our knowledge on that um everything from anger heart feeling so tired um, and unhappy the dread regret i've got regret i don't know why i have regret because i was there as much as i could be for my mum and i loved her so much she loved me we told each other every single day that we loved each other um COVID, Prior to her fall, I couldn't go up and sit with her whenever I wanted to. It was phone calls at hours at a time. Thereafter, I was up as many days as I could be. And Molly maids on, which are your gloves right up, and a big scarf right up above my eyes, or a mask underneath that. Um, still trying to protect my mum, although it was only the food shop I went to. I didn't even go walks. I sat in my back garden before that because I was trying to want everybody to be safe. So then it's brought on anxiety, something I've never, ever had to deal with in my life. Um, I don't sleep well. Um, you, do, you sometimes doze off, but you don't actually sleep. This has went on for months. And it's just awful, this overbearing. It just comes upon you, you open your eyes and you start greeting. And this is months on and you just, it all goes, everything flashes through your head again. And the worst thing out of it all for me, I think, is, see, through the day now, I walk Harris and I come in, right? So it's just walking locally um, to where I stay. And there's not much else really happening out with you. Eh? And, you know, you do menial things like your housework and that just because you do it. And um, But it's like, I go to phone my mum. If the phone, or if the phone goes, I think it's my mum. We're talking, we're nearly eight months on yeah. this month and I can't believe it. It feels just like yesterday that she, was, that, she, you know, that she was here and she was taken from me. And that, I don't think that'll ever go away. I think, well, how could it? My mum was massive in my life and my sister I loved very much too. So, you know, but my mum was so close to me and we were besties. She was my bestie. I loved her. I still love her dearly. And I don't think I'll ever, ever come to terms with it. But one day I need to learn to try and cope with the loss. And that kind of leads me on to the next bit about seven months down the line at the time. It's nearly eight. But I reached out and admitted I needed help of some sort because I'm not sleeping. Phoned the doctors. Well, I told, they said, what can we do for you? And I said, well, I don't want a tablet. They have a wee chat, why not? Well, I didn't want an antidepressant. I know people have been on it, but for me, it just wasn't for me. So they suggested a well-being place. Phoned, phoned them up. It was a big deal for me actually admitting that I needed help. Eh? Sometimes that's the one thing with anything, whether it's grief, an addiction, anything. The biggest thing to push through it is admitting that you need that help. So again, this saying comes into it that I've heard everywhere, it's okay not to be okay. And that is how I feel at the minute. I'm not okay, I'll admit it. Um, how would I be? Um, you know, one day you get managed to, you're just scraping by, getting by really. Um, the loss is just too massive. And every day I cry my eyes out, various times out a day. And it's just not fair. That's the word I would use, not fair. But anyway, the doctors asked me to phone this well-being. They referred me 
phoned them up, spoke for about an hour, they asked you all these questions. It's actually horrible. You're crying your eyes out, saying to them, to complete strangers, sometimes that's better, though it's a complete stranger. And thereafter, it, they had a meeting with psychologists and whatever other clinical people there. Eh? And then they phone you back and tell you that they can't help you, that they think you need long-term counselling. Ooh, really? But they, but theirs is a six-week thing, and I believe that that could have helped. We all know if you go through the hospital, well, I've never done it before myself, but you could be on a long waiting list com considering the pandemic's here, COVID's yes. here. Already it's a very long waiting list with mental health services. Um, I know for younger people, because that's my age category, um, it's it's terrible, it's horrendous, and I can't imagine that, regardless of your age group, um, that there's a lack of um, just support and materials needed to really make our mental health services the best that it can be. And with somebody who's dealing with an excessive amount of grief, um, it is, it's disgraceful and that's not helping anybody in any way to just basically ask a bunch of questions, having to bring up things that, and having to relive the memories over and over again because that's hard enough as it is to have to relive it all, to then admit, be vulnerable and then be told we can't do anything for you. And, and that's why people don't want to get help because people are afraid to mm -hmm. be that vulnerable and to be that open about their struggles and what they're dealing with. So, no, so now they've referred me, they referred me to the hospital. What, what for? What for me to repeat what I've just told them and then for the hospital to possibly say, oh, we can't help you. So I re-phoned back the doctor and she was kind of shocked that the well-being couldn't because that's what they're for they're for grief depression anything to do with covid as well by the way the pandemic itself some people have money wor worries have lost their job they're frantic they've got kids to support a mortgage to pay rent to pay bills to pay okay that wasn't me but the other part the grief and whatever is and um i've now been told to phone crews um I'm kind of struggling with that one. Do I do it? Do I go through it again? And for them to say something similar, oh, I just don't know. I really don't know. I'm getting a re phone call back from the doctor. So she's going to discuss maybe some stuff with me. But, you know, it's like I've never, ever asked for help in anything like yeah. that. Um, and I have had to cope with other things in life. You know, I've lost my granddad, my gran in the day and, you know, loved them dearly. And other things, friends, I have lost friends. Um, sadly as well um, but never always felt strong and then now um, so it's just odd so for me I gave my mum the tree of life and said the letters that I felt stood for my mum so for me the tree of life her letters I f this is what I feel for myself so the T is for trauma the R is for rage the E is for emotional the E is for empty. The O is for old, how I feel inside. The F is for failure. A failure that I feel, did I say anything? No, I didn't, but I wanted to believe what the hospital said, so it's failure to keep my mum alive, really. The L is for lost. The I is for feeling isolated. 
the F is frightened because initially I was frightened about everything, about losing my mum and fear that it could happen to any of us. And E is for end. And the end for me is actually, Deccan, what's it all about? I don't know. For my mum, who lived a religious life, who believed in God and heaven and whatever, sadly for us, tragically, she was taken away through the pandemic um, when we were told she was better and just needed to rest up for a month or two. And the, f the morning that she was supposed to be getting taken down by a friend wearing her mask in the back of her car for individual prayer with her church that had just opened that week for three mornings, sadly my mum didn't make it. When our friend chapped the door, she, she had already gone. So for me, I've questioned it all, the religion, life, and what is it all about? Which makes complete sense. Um, so I don't have any anagrams for the Tree of Life, but I suppose what I would say is that I want to be, uh, I can maybe slot myself in the middle of that um, and hope that uh, with this podcast, that basically that we can, because those are two very uh, contrasting, you know, seeing your mum, what, you, what your mum represents for the Tree of Life is completely contrasting to what rep you're representing in the Tree of Life and hopefully that in time um, most if not all of those parts that you're feeling can hopefully um, go away. That's what I hope. Yeah, for, for um, me I think that even when Covid's under control I just um, don't think I'll ever come to terms with the fact that I've lost my mum and sister and both my cats, like they they meant a lot but I mean it's about being able to cope with the loss and deal with that and get on with life. I just hope, that's what I hope, you know. And for, some people might not understand this but I had a fear of dying a massive fear. I didn't think about it every day, but when someone died or whatever, I'd spit, when the pandemic came, I have to admit, the amount of people that were dying, um, I just couldn't believe it. And it was like, it was you were freaked out. Freaked out if um, just sitting in your back garden or doing a food shop, you were actually freaked out in case the person next to you had it. But actually now, for me, I've not got that. That's something. I don't have the fear of dying because one day I hope I get to see my mum and sister again. So we're going to end it like that. Not a major down. <laughs> um, we understand, both Kat and I, that people are dealing with all sorts through this loneliness. Uh, they've lost loved ones, etc. You know, it's not being able... Isolation, things like that. You know, it's just it's dreadful. It really is. And everybody's got lots to deal with and whatever Definitely. but it's going to be a, this is our first one so next time we're going to go we're going to talk more in depth on various things yeah. from young life to any age it doesn't really matter okay right, thank you for listening thank you bye bye, bye.